Good after, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, want to welcome everybody to our Black Junior Podcast. Man, I've got a special guest on the podcast this morning. Uh, we've got Lou Stagner uh, coming from, uh, you're in New Jersey, right, Lou? Yeah, I'm in New Jersey. That's right. All right, right. And uh, Lou, uh, today, you know, everybody's going to talk to us a little bit about golf strategies, going to talk to us about the, the program Decade Golf and, you know, whatever's on his heart. Um, but I just appreciate him. I, I reached out to him, uh, reached out to you, Lou, uh, maybe about a month ago. And, and, you know, of course, y'all were busy as ever. You know, people call in, you know, Will Zalatoris and the whole nine and, you know, you know, talking about uh, Decade Golf. But uh, talk to us a little bit, Lou, about how, you know, you got started in the game of golf. Sure. Well, first, I appreciate you having me on today. It's, it's nice to be here chatting with you. Um, so I got started uh, in my teenage years. I, I started playing golf uh, casually, uh, just something to do in the summertime with some buddies. And when I started the game, I actually was, I played left-handed when I started. I, I currently play right-handed. I switched over to right-handed when I was about 20. And a kind of a funny story, uh, when, I, when I made the switch, um, I didn't switch all my clubs at first. And from, you know, eight iron, nine iron on down into my wedges, I still played left-handed and all my other clubs I played right-handed. So I, I literally had a mixed bag of some left-handed clubs and some right-handed clubs. And the reason that I switched was I had surgery on my right knee and as a left-handed golfer, it was kind of hard to turn into the ball. So I, I wasn't real avid at the time and I switched over and, and kind of got really hooked on golf uh, when, I, when I switched to righty and, and got down to be a pretty decent player and, and have been playing ever since. That was many, many years ago. And, and uh, it's kind of, uh, I still putt left-handed though. It's the only thing I haven't changed, still left-handed putter. So that's how, how I got into the game of golf. And like everyone else, I've been, I've been hooked on it and uh, I've been playing avidly now for, boy, coming up on 30 years just about. So it's been a while. Good. And, 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 you know, you know, you, you know, you've become one of the uh, more, more popular uh, golf, you know, uh, analysts and, you know, you know, strategy and, you know, so talk to us a little bit about um, the world of golf strategy and, you know, how, you know, what's your association with Decade Golf? Yeah, so I, I started getting into golf analytics and golf strategy, uh, you know, a few years ago um, on a more formal basis. I had always been tracking stats for my own game. Um, I have a, a math background and a computer science background. And I have a day job currently in, in corporate America. I work in data and analytics. So I've always had this natural inclination to be a, a stat tracking uh, junkie. And so I've been doing that forever. And a few years ago, I started to uh, spend a little more time working on stats for PGA Tour players. And uh, I created a blog that talked about uh, analytics. I did some, some analysis and some studies that I thought were really interesting. Um, I never thought anyone would really be interested in it. I thought maybe a few of my golf buddies would, would read what I put out there. Uh, I, I never expected there to be a significant amount of interest in I started using social media, Twitter, which I'd never used before, and, and uh, my followers grew pretty quickly, and I started to have phone calls from, from folks that I, I couldn't believe I was getting a chance to talk to, and, and, um, and then Scott Fawcett and I connected, and Scott uh, is the founder of Decade, and uh, a couple of years ago now, we, we kind of uh, formed a partnership together, so I became part of uh, Decade with Scott, and um, 
you know, golf strategy, um, it really blends nicely in with uh, my math background. Uh, a lot of golf strategy is really solving a math problem. It's a figuring out um, where you can op pick an optimal target, where, where should your target be? And we can figure that out really using math. You know, every player on the planet, even the best players on the world, uh, you can give them a target and they will be okay at hitting the target. They're not going to be great. They're going to hit their golf shots. If you had them hit a hundred shots to a 130 yard target, even the best players on the planet are going to hit that into a relatively big area. The worse the golfer, the bigger the area. But based on the size of that area that you're hitting the golf ball into, uh, we can use that information to figure out where you should aim uh, so we can optimize your ability to score well. And, and just, and I, I know I'm kind of going into some detail here, but just briefly on approach shots, what we're trying to do on approach shots is we're trying to you know, maximize the number of decent birdie opportunities that we have while minimizing how often we short side it. Um, golfers at every level, when you short side it, it, it's usually a recipe for higher scores. So that's one of the biggest factors that we, uh, that we look for and plan for. Hey, you know, and, 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 Lo, and, and Lewis, it's interesting, it's interesting you talked about, talked about uh, short siding yourself. Um, that's one of the things that happened with my son um, at the MacTamp Invitational, um, uh, I can't remember the course right now, but it's in Houston, Texas, where they play the Houston Open. And one of the things that he had a tough time with was missing the greens in the wrong area. And and like you just said, it talked, you know, it, it it added a few more score, you know, a few more um, uh, strokes than he wanted to uh, because of where he missed. And so that's 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 interesting. You 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 brought that up. And so, Lou, when you talk about juniors, um, you know, what should what stats should juniors be track, uh, tracking um, as far as, you know, what's, what stats should they be tracking? Yeah, that's always, I, I get that question a lot, and that's a really good question. And I'll kind of give you a, a really long answer on that, and, and I'll start off with it. It really depends. And sometimes the one thing that really comes into play here is the personality of the player. Um, I am uh, very meticulous when it comes to tracking stats and I do it while I'm on the golf course. So I have a system and a method for tracking my information when I play that I've been doing for 25 years. And, and I go through and I keep track of a significant amount of information on the scorecard. And I do that after each hole and it takes me maybe 10 seconds, 12 seconds to write it down. Uh, and I've been doing it forever. So it just becomes second nature for me. But not everybody is wired to, to work that way. Not everybody wants to do that on the golf course. Um, and so what I've found with players um, like that, um, most players, especially when they get to be better players, can remember every shot they've hit. Um, and, and so after the round is over, I'll ask them to record shot level detail. Uh, recording shot level detail is uh, for an elite player is really important. It allows you to get to strokes gained for each of the four major categories, uh, that being off the tee, your approach shot game. So think of that as your iron play around the green. So chipping and pitching and then putting. Those are the four areas. And when you keep shot level detail, you can understand how well you're doing in each of those areas. And that can uh, really help you to focus your practice efficiently. So when you know what you are doing well and what you're doing poorly, 
Yeah, you can focus your practice time on the things you're doing poorly to know you're you're working on the right things. And and so I would always encourage someone to try to get to shot level detail and keeping track of everything at a shot level. And so what that means is, let's say it's a 400 yard hole uh, and you hit your tee shot 300 yards. I'm just going to make it easy on the math here. You have 100 yards left. You're in the middle of the fairway. You know, you're tracking that you hit the tee shot about 300. You're tracking um, that you're in the fairway. Uh, you're tracking that your approach shot is from 100 yards. And after you hit your approach shot, then you're tracking where it ended up. So it ended up 23 feet from, from the hole. And you're keeping track of all that information as you go. There's a number of apps out there that do that. Decade is one of them. Um, I am good with, uh, for junior players, I'm good with whatever app works best for them um, as long as they're doing it. Um, and if a player doesn't want to quite get to tracking that much detail, like let's say it's more of a, a beginning player and they're not quite at an elite level as a junior player. The, and, and I always get this, what's the most important stat I should track? And I never give one, I give, I give two stats that are really important for somebody to track. And one is how many penalty strokes do you have? So we want to we want to eliminate penalty strokes. So track how many penalty strokes you have. So that's hitting it out of bounds, hitting it into the water, and it, hitting it into uh, you know foot tall grass that you have to take an unplayable and drop out of. Start tracking your penalty shots, and then track your greens in regulation. How many greens are you hitting? Those are two basic stats that anybody can track. It's really easy to do, and start monitoring that as you play, trying to make your greens and regulation go up and your number of penalty strokes go down. So those are the simple ones that I would recommend a player start with if they're not quite ready for shot level. And that's, and that's good, Lou, because um, my, my son had a one day yesterday and um, I tracked that he, he had uh, eight fairways. Uh, he had nine greens and regulation. Um, he had 37 punts. So you kind okay. so of can tell. And one of the things that I do on his score on the on the scorecard is I also track if he you know off the tee if he drove the ball left or right. It, is is that a good stat? To... No, yeah, that, that's that's absolutely fine to track. Um, yeah, as much level of detail that a player wants to track, um, I'm generally good with, right. um, as long as the, it's not getting into the bounds of being a little silly. Um, like I track a pretty significant amount of data uh, for each, for each shot that I hit. Um, and that style is not for everyone, but yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, I would definitely encourage you to get into shot level detail. Okay, Lou, I think I lost you for just a second. All right, you bet. Yep. Okay. Um, hmm. All right. Uh, do you want to uh, do you want to tee that question up again? I know you're going to have to do a little editing here. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, uh, so, 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 Lou, I think I got into um, keeping some shot details for my son on his scorecard. You know, whether the, the drive went left or right. How, how? You know, is that is that a good stat to keep up with? Yeah, you know, I think that's uh, that's fine to keep up with. It's something that that I track for myself, um, and like uh, like I mentioned earlier, the more detail that we have, generally the better. Um, I don't want you to 
to track things that start to get a little bit silly. Like I track a pretty significant amount of data and, 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 and um, beyond that, I think it would start to get maybe a little bit too much. But again, this is really about the player's personality and, and what they're comfortable with tracking. But for your son, I would definitely recommend you start getting into tracking shot level detail. Um, and so finding an app that allows you to, to do that and um, track all that information so you can get strokes gained uh, and getting that strokes gained information for each of the four categories will really give you, uh, you know, a pretty significant amount of information. But, you know, for junior players, you know, another great simple stat that you can that you can keep around tee shots is, you know, did I keep the ball in play? Um, and, and that's, it's, that is really close to, uh, the, the number of penalty strokes that you have. It's, it's similar, but penalty strokes can happen anywhere that can happen on approach shots, but off the tee it, you know, being in the fairway is great, but it's not job one, you know, job one off the tee is just simply keeping it in play. You know, did I have a reasonable swing on my second shot to knock it on the green? in the event that it's a par four, or did I have a reasonable second swing if it's a par five, you know, to advance the ball down to either, you know, being able to go for it or, you know, laying up in a way that is going to give me a reasonable third shot. So just tracking your tee shots as to whether they're in play is also a really good thing to do because ultimately that is far, far, far more important than how many fairways you're hitting. If you can keep it between the trouble, and in most cases that is, you know, trees on either side or hazards on either side. Um, if you can keep it between the trouble uh, reasonably well, your scores will uh, will reflect that. And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's funny you said that because sometimes, you know, what I find is my, my son, he may have, you know, you know, he may have five to seven fairways, but he may end up with, you know, eight, nine, ten greens. So, you know, the, the 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 fairways didn't have that much an impact on him hitting the green. So, I definitely understand what you're saying right there. Uh, Ro, you, you we are breaking up a little bit. I'm going to stop my video. Maybe if we just go audio on this, that might help. Oh no, it's back. Uh, it's back, Luke. It's back. It's it's my end. Okay. <clears throat> so I, I missed all of your question there. Okay. Oh no, I was just saying. I'm actually going to turn. I'm going to turn my video off, though, so to just to try to save bandwidth. I, I don't know if it's my side or your side, okay. so I'm going to stop video um, and just go audio only, and let's see if that helps. Okay, we can try it. All right. So, um, so, so, Lou, when you when you when you talk about uh, junior golfers, um, what would you say are, are some of the stats that would actually help uh, junior the the junior golf journey? a lot smoother. What are some stats that they should keep up with? Well, um, as we mentioned before, just kind of greens and regulation, your number of penalty shots, are you keeping the ball in play off the tee? You know, after you get past that, you really want to get into, um, you know, taking the next step and that would be tracking shot level detail. Like that's really the next step of the journey after you get past the simple ones. The, the problem with, with some of the basic stats, um, and I'll use putting, for example, putts per round. You mentioned that earlier with your son, he had 37 putts in a round. And not knowing anything else, that might be okay, uh, or it might be really bad. Um, so if you are uh, on every hole, if your first putt is from 70 feet, 
uh, and you have 37 putts on the round, you putted really, really well, like, because you are, you know, you have a high probability to three putt from 70 feet. Even if you're a, a PGA tour pro, they, they three putt a significant amount of the time from 70 feet. So if everything is from 70 feet for your first putt, 37 putts might be, you know, that's a great, that's a great day putting. Um, and so stats like that can be a little bit misleading if they don't have more information, which is why having strokes gained putting will give you much more useful information than tracking some of those simple stats. You know, oftentimes it's easy to drive down the number of putts per round if you're missing the green a lot. And if you miss the green a lot, um, you are chipping. And generally when you're chipping, you're going to chip the ball closer than if you were to have hit the green from the fairway on your approach shot. So you're starting from the hole. uh, You're starting a lot closer to the hole than you would otherwise be. And you're probably going to have less putts on a day where you don't hit the green very often. So that's the danger with some of the simple statistics and, and which is why taking that leap into tracking shot level detail so you can get strokes gained is so useful. So I always encourage players to try to, if they're apprehensive about doing that, I always encourage them to, you know, to weigh the benefits of that and, and, and try to make that leap uh, to, uh, to start tracking that info. All right, beautiful, beautiful. A few more questions for you, Lou. Um, how important is it to map out courses uh, before you play a tournament round? Yeah, that's really important to do, especially if it's a track that you've never seen before. Right. Like I work with a number of different players, um, a lot of D1 players uh, uh, and some really elite D1 players, very high in the world amateur golf ranking. And, and they play in a lot of events and they'll show up to a tournament and they have never seen that golf course before. They'll get one practice round on it. And as you know, as a golfer, um, when you show up and play a, a course for the first time, you know, you're trying to, you're not used to anything. You'll hit a drive and you'll not even really be sure where to look. Uh, you know, after you've played a course, you know, 50 times, you know that your tee shots generally end up in this area or about this far when you hit it well. And when you go to a new golf course, you're, you know, you're kind of wandering around like lost. You're like, I have no idea where my ball is. I, I, I've never played here before. So there's a lot that, uh, that you learn about a golf course after you've played it many, many, many times. And the benefit of mapping out a golf course before you show up. And, and when I say mapping out a golf course, I use Google earth to map out a golf course. Right. Uh, the benefit of mapping out a golf course and picking targets um, is that all of those nuances, all of those, uh, those things about a golf course that takes 30, 40, 50 times to really learn it in detail um, through trial and error, uh, you can take all of that in over a, a one hour or a two hour session on Google Maps prepping to play golf tournaments. And the D1 players that I work with on that, you know, they would all, if they were on here right now, they would all tell you that doing that has changed their tournament play significantly. You know, now they can show up to an event. And we create a yardage book for them that has target lines off the tee, that has guidance for approach shots, and they have pictures of every hole, and they can flip open their yardage book and they can see their exact target line uh, for every tee shot. And now they know that they've picked a mathematically optimal target, 
Uh, there's no decisions to be made on the fly. Uh, we've all been in that situation, especially at a new golf course. You know, right. do I hit three wood or do I hit driver? Is there, do I, do I hit driver? Or do I hit my hybrid? Uh, and so we go, we all go through those decisions or, you know, how far away is it to, to that bunker? Can I carry that bunker? Um, what's in play? What isn't in play? Um, all of those, those questions that we, we try to answer while, while standing on the tee, right. we can make all of those go away. Uh, and we can make our decisions before we even show up. And having those decisions almost pre-made for you um, is a, a huge help to your mental game, right? You, you're not spending mental energy trying to figure those things out on the fly. And uh, one of the players on the PGA Tour that uses Decade is Stuart Sink. He's, he's won a couple of times in the last yeah. few years. And uh, after his most recent win, uh, he was interviewed and he was talking about decade and how he uses it. And, and he said, the thing that helps me the most is all of my decisions are made before I even show up to the golf course. So I have this system that just makes the decisions for me. And I don't have to spend any of my mental energy on figuring out what I need to do. I just know what the target is, the math dictates dictates what the target is and I just pull the club and and uh, fire at my target and I know that I've done everything that I can do to optimize my chances of scoring well and so that's that's really what having a, a system and a course management approach is all about is to remove all of the back and forth decisions that we you know we go through in our head we can we can answer those for the most part before we step on the course. Hopefully that makes sense. It, it does, Lucas. Um, I what I do is I, you know, before my son's tournaments, I, I go on Blue Golf, and you know they've got pictures of the uh, Google Earth. They got the pictures of the course, and I'll right. map out his targets, map out you know what sh- what type of shot he should hit. So it's funny you mentioned that because that's one of the things that I do for him before the tournament. Now I think he needs to do it, but you know, as as a dad, as a father, you know, I kind of map out his core strategy so is that is that okay is that a good thing yeah that's great i would definitely encourage you to to uh make the leap over to google earth you know one of the benefits of google earth is um you can get um elevation and when i say google earth i don't mean google maps um i mean there's google you can you can go on on to open up your browser and open up google and just type in download google earth and google earth is an app that you can install on your computer and Google Earth is is much more uh, robust than Google Maps. Like gotcha. you know, if you're trying to get directions to go, go somewhere, you use Google Map on your browser. Google Earth is going to give you a whole lot more information. And one of the most useful tools that it gives you is it'll give you elevation. So you can take your cursor and you can hold it over the T box and you can see the elevation. So how many feet above sea level is okay. the T box? And let's say the T box is... 200 feet above sea level. And then you can, you can measure, use a ruler and you can measure out, let's say you hit the ball 250 yards. You can measure out 250 yards and you can look at the elevation 250 yards away. And in the elevation 250 yards away, it might be 250 feet. Remember on the tee, we said it was 200 feet. Right. So and where our ball is likely to end up, it, it's, it's uphill. Now it's 50 feet uphill. So you can get a lot of really useful information from Google Earth about uh, elevation changes. You can also start to understand how tall some trees are. 
which I think is one thing that's extremely useful when you're mapping out a golf course, especially with a dog leg. Like one of the things that we always hear that players need to, to know and understand is how far they hit each club. You know, how far do you hit every, every club in your bag? And that's absolutely useful information. The other thing I want my players to know is how high do you hit your club? Uh, what is the apex of your club? How high off the ground is it? And we can then use that information when you show up at a golf course you've never played before, we can, we can take Google Earth and we can look at trees that might be in the way, like on a dog leg, uh, and, or trees that might be sort of in the way um, after a tee shot. If maybe you are, if you end up on the right side of the fairway or the right rough, there might be a big tree on the right side. Well, how big is that tree? Right? Until you're actually there, you don't really know. And even when you're there, sometimes it's, it's challenging to look at a tree like that and, and realize how, how big is it? Can I really get over that tree with my nine iron? Well, when you use Google Earth before you even show up, you can, you can see how tall that tree is. You can, wow. you'll, be, you'll be able to measure how, the height of that tree uh, and figure that out. And if you know how high you hit your clubs, you, know, you will know, you know pretty definitively whether or not you know, getting it over that tree is going to be a problem. So that's, it's um, really useful to kind of make the, it's great that you're using blue golf. I always use blue golf uh, to help me know where each hole is. When you open up Google earth, you know, you're just looking at a picture of the golf course from above and you don't know what hole is what. So blue golf is great because it'll, you can quickly jump from hole to hole and you can see where each hole is. So you're definitely on the right track, but I would encourage you to make the jump to Google earth because you can get some uh, additional, very useful information from that. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, last couple of questions, uh, Lou. How can how can our juniors um, get involved with Golf Stat Pro or Decade Golf? Yeah, you can find us uh, online at playinglesson.com. So just like getting a playing lesson with your teaching pro, playinglesson.com. And on there, you, you, you can see a lot of information. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter uh, at, at Lou Stagner on Twitter, uh, L-O-U-S-T-A-G-N-E-R. So you can find me there on Twitter. I'm always posting, you know, interesting and, and useful stats, um, mostly about PGA Tour, but sometimes about us regular amateur players as well. Uh, so you can find me there. And, uh, you know, Decade has uh, two different programs. We have an elite program, uh, which is for uh, maybe for better players. But we have a foundations program, which, which teaches a, a ton of the concepts of, of, a, of a course strategy, and it does it over the course of six months, uh, and it gives you a little bit at a time, so it's not overwhelming. There's videos you'll watch through. It'll walk you through all the different concepts, and so it's, a, it's, it's one that a lot of junior players have, uh, have used uh, and have purchased, so there's definitely some, uh, some great info there. Well, Lou, this has been great. Uh, man, I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, to come on and, and, and speak to our juniors. And, um, you know, hopefully th- this, this will be a, a long-term uh, relationship uh, because, you know, our, our juniors want to get better. And um, I think a, part, a, a really important part of getting better is strategy. And, and by the way, Lou, I wanted to tell you too, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a math person too. So um, I, I'm a former uh, math teacher, but I think, um, you know, Golf strategy is very important. So, Lou, any any final thoughts or anything you want to say uh, as we close out the program? Well, I think that, you know, the most important thing for junior golfers, in my opinion, is just have fun. Right at the end of the day, it's a game. 
and um, just have fun out there. You, you are going to hit good shots. You're going to hit bad shots. Um, and just keeping your composure after the bad shots and realizing um, everybody hits bad shots. The best players in the world hit bad shots. I just saw the other day, uh, Francesco Molinari, uh, it was um, from uh, at Pebble Beach earlier this year, where he literally topped it off the first tee. I mean, he topped it. Uh, and he is one of the best players in the world. And right. we all hit crazy shots once in a while. No reason to get upset, no reason to get mad. Um, and it's also important, I think, for junior golfers to have realistic expectations and I think that's really important. And that's one of the things that I really drive home on my Twitter account is I, I show that the PGA Tour players don't always hit everything great. They don't always hit everything inside 10 feet. Um, and they generally don't. Uh, and a lot of the times our impression of, of what PGA Tour players are is driven by what we see on TV. And what we see on TV on the weekend are – the best players in the world that are currently playing their best. They generally only show the leaders or if they show somebody else, it's usually a good shot from somebody. So we're only seeing really good shots all the time on TV and we don't see all the shots. Right. When you look at all the shots that they hit, they hit plenty of bad ones. And so I think it's important for all players and, and junior players to have reasonable expectations around their game. It doesn't mean we're, you know, we've uh, we've given in and thrown in the towel and, and we don't care where we hit it. We're trying as hard as we can to hit our target that we picked, but uh, our ball is going to end up in a pretty big area around that target. And that's true whether you're a PGA Tour professional or whether you're a 12-year-old junior player that just started the game last year. And so it's important to have really uh, reasonable expectations around our game. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much, 